Welcome to Film Fight Club. I'm Glenn Falcon. So, Falcon Screen, we're definitely sticking with that nifty new theme, courtesy of Sir Elton John. And we have joining us in the studio, Sydney filmmaker, like myself, fresh back from Melbourne, Chris Evans. Uh. <laughs> we were fluent at 5 a.m. from Avalon this morning. Not Avalon, Northern Beaches, Avalon, Geelong. It's been a little crazy. Yeah, uh, it was about. Maybe nine hours of total sleep over the weekend. So, um, yeah, voice is a bit sore. Uh, eyes are a bit droopy, but we're soldiering on. We're soldiering on. And we also have freelance writing critic, uh, not fresh from Melbourne, but fresh from... Oh, so much. She's so fresh. Right in their room. So fresh and so clean. Hello! I am so excited to be here. Now, <laughs> we are talking filmmaking because we love filmmaking. And is the fourth annual Smartphone Flick Fest SF3 is kicking off Monday night. The gala final is has moved from the Chevelle Cinema to the beautiful Opera House. And we have... Two of the finalists with us discuss all things smartphone filmmaking. We have filmmaker from Sydney, Ren Thackham. Ren, thank you so much for joining us. G'day, how are you going? And we also have Lauren, Lauren Oral. Lauren, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. So it's in a few days. The Smartphone Flick Fest, how do you, well, we want to talk about the festival broadly, but first of all, how do you feel? You got your films in the final, and yeah, we're going to be screening to a big crowd on Monday night <laughs> at, at the <laughs> Opera House. That's really cool. I'm going to have to wear pants. <laughs> oh, I, <clothes. laughs> we, 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 we all will, damn it. <laughs> we a really chilled at time in Richmond, South Melbourne. And Unless the, we all agree not to, we won't look silly. <laughs> that would be a great media stunt for SF3. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm out, by the way. No pants, smartphone, <laughs> Don't rely on me. You're, you're, you're wearing pants? Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely wearing pants. Yeah, okay. It's, okay. I think, yeah. That, that fizzled out super quick. <laughs> uh, unless like, some people <laughs> listening to this just rock up and decide, yeah, we're going we're gonna to go with this. Buy your tickets, rock up without pants. Yes. It, it could always be a pantomime film festival. Oh, oh, yes, yes we're, we're very heavy on the puns here. It's early in the piece. <laughs> <laughs> so, SF3. Yeah, are you feeling excited or nervous about your films screening in front of the big crowd? Not nervous because there's nothing else to do. You just get to be part of the audience and enjoy the films. Um, but and and it's also it's not your face up there where the directors, so we get to hide in the credits. The actors' faces are up there. It's a bit more nerve wracking for them, I think. Really, you see, to me, I'm shitting myself. Okay, <laughs> like it's, those are my feelings. And so if somebody went up there and they're like, "What? Why? Why did you write that?" I think I'd be sad. But even if they said that, they can't pick you in the crowd afterwards. No. They're looking no. to see if people have they have no idea who you are. Yeah, no, I'll be the person slumped in the corner on Xanax. <laughs> <laughs> Not wearing pants. <laughs> you'll, be very cons- you'll be very conspicuous then. Like, we want yeah. the hat and glasses, I'm thinking, if you want to be just. Well, I've got, a, you know, I've got a shaved head and no pants. Uh, just to drive that home, I won't be wearing pants. Um, <laughs> so you know where to find Lauren at the, <laughs> the screening. But we're so excited because it is a distinct festival it is a unique festival yeah. i know both of you are strangers to film festivals i was there earlier in the year when ren you won the fresh flicks yeah yeah which was pretty exciting oh yeah God. that was pretty cool that was part of vivid that was for a different different film shot on real cameras but this one's um because we i did really well at the last sf3 so when the next sf3 came up i was kicking around an idea and the cool thing is if you've got a a film but not a lot of money, 
it's a it's the perfect film festival to enter because I mean you have to shoot it on a phone, mm-hmm. so you know it's um it's not like you're doing it because yeah I, I just feel like because it gives you a deadline and a goal and a way of shooting it a, a few of those creative decisions are already made for you so you're like okay well it's getting done by then I'm shooting it on a phone and then everything else sort of falls into place. Lauren, you were talking about the fear of showing a film that's really close to you yeah to an audience do you think that the context of the smartphone film festival makes it easier in some way that maybe there's less expectation of Uh, slickness and perfection totally absolutely and i think because i've had a, a film in development for four years now and it keeps getting put off because the circumstances are never right to make that film it's very kind of high concept very cinematic Whereas with this, it's like, I can fuck up and it's not going to matter. Mm. Yeah. Well, I, I did think uh, you did. It was a great film. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, I agree. You definitely didn't fuck up. But oh, yeah, it that's was good. really lovely to say. Thank you so much. Mm. I, I literally shot it in eight hours in total over two days. Wow. So that's good to hear. Right. Um, yeah, it, your film seemed in some ways like, very intimate in the making. You know, oh like yeah, it seemed like a like a handmade film in some ways, and I think that really added to the oh, emotional yeah, that's, kind of pull that's of it. Totally, yeah. Right. Is um, there is that partly what drew you to working with a smartphone? Yeah, and I, when you when you see the film as well, there's a a crank scene in it, for lack of a better term, which is an ongoing joke I have with some friends. And I was like, I'm going to put this in a film somehow and it's not going to be funny to anyone but me. But the the crying and wanking at the same time. And um, (laughs) as you do, um, it's like no one else finds it funny. A friend of mine goes, I just don't know where that scene's in there. It's like... It's kind of sums up the circumstances. Yeah, it, um, now I can never think of cranking the same way again. I used to think of the Jason Statham film when I was I used to think That's out of my head. There were two of them. Crank too high voltage. But if, if those movies were actually called Crying and Wanking, it would also <laughs> just add something and kind of make sense. So, yeah, check them out. <laughs> you, like asking that of an actor. So it was just me and Caroline, the, the lady playing... Alice mm. on the first day and Deb, Caroline and my friend Kaylee on the second day and that was it. Wow. And then I called up a really good friend and was like oh can you just pretend to come into your phone and send me the file, that'd be great. He was like, <laughs> I'll ask my wife. <laughs> it's very weird. Oh, Ren's film's amazing. It is. Oh, yeah, yeah. Awesome. Wait, beautiful. Thank you. <laughs> I like how it weaves together um a pretty complex sci-fi plot from just two very simple scenes. Yeah. Well, we we didn't we didn't have a lot of time to do it. Um so we shot everything in the mad scientist lab on one day and then we shot the bedroom on another day and that was it. So we only had James Tobin for a day. Um and I'd planned on giving myself a whole week for pre-production and location scouting and stuff and I called James on a Monday. And he's like, well, Sunrise is sending me to Tasmania. I could do it Thursday or not ever. (laughs) I was like, (laughs) Thursday it is. I've got two days to build a brain and find a lab and make computers and find lab coats and goggles. And so, yeah, I just went crazy for 48 hours. So, For those playing at home, Ren's film is about 
a bedtime story being told to a little girl about the goings-on inside a computer, but it's a bit more complicated than that, and you'll have to see the film to find out why. Um, I think the cinematography is very impressive in in your film. Um, Thank you. Yeah, yeah. It's really pushing what you expect from a smartphone film. I thought, yeah, like there's two separate approaches to smartphone filmmaking between your films, but um, they both play to the strengths of the medium in different ways, I think. Well, I think at the last Smartphone Flick Fest, I was kind of going in asking the question, how is shooting with a smartphone just as good? And I tried to make something just as good. But this this time I kind of said, how is shooting with a smartphone better? So there's a few shots in there you couldn't get with anything else. Only a phone fits where I put it. And um, there's a there's a shot that, without giving too much away the story, but you a shot down a wire. Yes. And you could only do that with something as small as a phone. And I built a piece of equipment to, to achieve that in-camera effect. And there was a few shots around the brain where the, the phone was like right in there. And I, tr- I tried to get shots only a phone could get as, as a point of difference for the film. So there's a few shots in there that you wouldn't normally storyboard in there, but I was really trying to push the envelope a bit. There was a really beautiful oh. one I liked where it was the shaky um, image of where things were happening in the second <laughs> act. Sorry, yeah, I just realised I'm shaking my hand and this is how I've radio, so this, that would not come across so well as well. But so at the same time, everyone playing at home, just imagine Glenn shaking his hand. Yeah, and you're, you got it there. Not like shaking his own hand. Not like, cranking. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, yeah. But then in terms of the cinematography of your film too, there was some beautiful lighting work done. I re- I rewatched it uh, the second time just now and, and I couldn't believe it. It's you captured that so beautifully, so well. The lighting. The scratch and the lens flare. The, the lens flare. Yeah. Oh yeah, trade secret. My, my <laughs> broken phone with the scratches all over it. Well the movie gods had your back because the scratches are exactly where they should be to yeah, be thematically oh, correct. True. Thank you. So very much. I mean I was watching it going Wow, that's a really good idea. I wish I thought of something like that. <laughs> and meanwhile, I'm watching it and going, oh my God, the colours and the lighting and that window light. There's this shot at the beginning of Ren's film, this beautiful man with a beard, and it's just, it looks like a Rembrandt. Like it's, it's just so stunning. <laughs> yeah, we um, completely sealed off all the light, all the natural light coming through the window, and we filled it with soft boxes and um, orange gels. So we had morning light all day. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> I think um, it really speaks to how open SF3 is that you can make a film with a scratched camera lens <laughs> and it can look, you know, it, it works, it goes in the final. Boom, final. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> There's no limitations. Yeah. Um, to go to one of the, the old cliche interview questions, what advice would you give to aspiring filmmakers who maybe hear about the concept of SF3 or, and are intrigued and think maybe I could take steps into the world of filmmaking. I, I was asked this question last year after the festival, and I just said, don't treat it like you're shooting a film on a smartphone, treat it like you're shooting a film. Still mm. write a script, still storyboard it like you would if you were spending millions of dollars on it, still rehearse your actors, still get everyone to learn their lines, still um, light it properly, still um, walk everybody through it and you know do it... Do it just like you're shooting on a red, but just replace the camera with a... Like, we, we still... I mean, yeah, I had a smartphone in the middle, but it was surrounded in about $6,000 worth of lighting equipment. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, and... Um, oh, a million percent use professional microphones. 
Yeah. So we, um, yeah, I had some really, really good mics in shots. So you can hear everything. And the the storyteller guy, if his vo- audio wasn't captured really well, I think it'd be unwatchable. But mm. yeah, we, we got that. We got that really good. So yeah, just treat it like any other film and just... And also use use the phone. You can fit the phone crazy places. So when we did the rear view, the one that won last year, so there's a shot in there where we can see her with the um, rear view mirror in the foreground of the shot. Pretty much only a phone can fit between the rear view mirror and the windscreen of a car. To get that shot with a camera, you'd have to take the windscreen out. Like, think about where you can't fit a camera normally and and do some crazy stuff. That's my advice. I loved the ending, the button for that film. Oh, it was so good. I mean, the whole film was great, but then that just shocking moment that just kind of just creeps out (laughs) of nowhere. I don't want to ruin it, but if the film's online. It's online, yeah, rear view. Yeah. Definitely worth checking out. Mm -hmm. Mine's actually quite the end because I had no lighting. Um, But I did have good mics. Yeah, yeah. But... uh, I think, yeah, script well and cast well. Script. And don't be precious about ideas. Like, plan but don't panic. Oh, that's um, a good one. Yeah, because just so much in the day ran out. My battery on the phone ran out. I had no charger. I was like, all right, well, that's all we've got. Wow. Call it a day. Um, That happened to us too, but everybody has an iPhone, so we just... Yeah, we're, we're just right. like, who's got memory on their phone? And we just picked up the next guy's camera oh, so <laughs> and we just kept shooting. And it was like, can I borrow your phone? Like, obviously, can I borrow it? And yeah. so, yeah, we, we were wrangling off three phones at the end of the day. Wow. wow. <laughs> so you're much better than I don't ever ask for help. And that's, ask for help. That's my advice. Ask for help. Wow. But plan, but don't Be panic. Like... That's a really good catchphrase. I should think of a catchphrase for. Let's make t-shirts. <laughs> Let's make t-shirts. Yes, to go with our pants listeners. <laughs> <laughs> I, I found the two different answers kind of interesting in the way that they contrast each other. So would you tell... Oh, to be fair, she had some really beautiful outdoor shots with the cliffs and the ocean. And you, I mean, you can't light the ocean. Right. Mm, so kind of yeah, the sky no, does a really good her, her, job. <laughs> her story lent itself to the way she shot it. I shot inside a really dark mad scientist lab. If I didn't light it, you couldn't see it anything. It has to carry a sci-fi kind of feel. Yeah, exactly. So maybe... What I'm getting from this is just use whatever you have access to, and get it yeah. done. Yeah, absolutely. Pretty much. Are yours, are you, I mean, I guess too, like mine's just people talking, whereas you've got this really beautiful high concept as well. That, Like how long did you spend planning around it? 48 hours. No. It's all I had. It's all I had. From like script to I, go? Yep. I wrote it on a Monday morning and I called James and I said, I've written something. Holy shit. Yeah. Oh, I'm trying not to swear <laughs> so hard. I just, I've been incredible. If I, if I have a really good idea, I'm compelled. It's not even work. It's like I can't not do it. I suddenly, I make phone calls. I start calling favours. I called Raphael May, who's a multi-award winning um, composer. And I was like, you reckon you could compose for a smartphone that's way beneath you, but it's going to be really good, I promise. And he's like, yeah, why not? That's so cool. So, yeah, just, um, yeah, I I called cast and crew, got them all excited about it. And you know what? It did actually open doors that I won last year. So I'm like, James, I won last year. And he's like, oh, okay, yeah, cool, I'll do it. Yeah. Oh, man. And the fact that you finaled this year, you could next level next year. You're like, the last one made the finals. So it's, yeah. um, Use it. Use it. Yeah. Yeah. 
I'll have to get two scratches on my land. If my memory serves me correct, you made review in 72 hours. So next year, maybe it's something. 39. 39. Oh. Yeah. Oh, wow. She's yeah. getting more time. I know. Yeah. Okay. So mm-hmm. next, no, like, no because I'd made the skydiver and the scarecrow, which was just this crazy nine months long, completely emotionally exhausting project that was just so rewarding. And it's like, it's, it's one of my best ever pieces. And I was entering that into the Sydney Indie Film Festival and I typed in Sydney and the SF3 came up. And the deadline was in 39 hours. Right. And so I called my best friend, Kirsty McKenzie, who's an actress, and my boyfriend, who's a very talented actor. I was like, Danny, if I write something for SF3, will you be in it? And he's like, of course. I called Kirsty. I'm like, there's this, we could shoot something in a phone. Like, we'd have to do it tomorrow night and work through the night. But if she's like, yep, you're insane. You know, you're exhausted. You're completely burnt out from the last one. And I was like... Still, I just bought a car with a rear view camera and we, I had the idea when I bought it. And it, was, it wasn't even the idea for a film. It was just like, how creepy if there was something in your rear view that wasn't there when you turned around. Yeah. And so then when I needed an idea, that suddenly materialized into a script and just oh. didn't sleep for 39 hours. Right. That's yeah. The, that's, that's the way to do it. That's the secret, folks. Don't sleep. If you're ever finished using your brain, I will have it. so we've heard from ren but what was it that drew you to at the sf3 competition initially yeah how did you find out about it i had a friend who was interning um i think in the first year and so the first year i made this really i like it a lot of people think it's a shit film which is fair enough about um a a sci-fi strangely enough a woman slowly going there's a theme of insanity in my films um going crazy it was black and white really over the top quite claustrophobic shot in a boarding house where I was living at the time and it didn't do very well and that's okay (laughs) and so I forgot about for two years and this year I was like I just haven't made anything I've been telling people I'm going to make something for years and years and years and I keep putting it off and I keep working on other people's stuff and it was just basically it's the the kind of festival you there are no excuses not to make mm. something because what you, you have what you need in your back pocket. How mm. long did you spend f- on making your film in total? Ah, a lot longer than Ren. <laughs> um, <laughs> you shot it in two days and I shot, shot mine in two days, well, so yeah. it's pretty much the same. But I wrote a draft, I reckon, two months beforehand and I gave it to a friend to read over and then I rewrote and then I storyboarded. I worked late night so I work 11.30pm to 6am 6.30am if my boss is listening and um, and and storyboarded on my break and then that's commitment to the art well and then I realised I was getting really just control freaky so they started off looking like these beautiful individual works of art and by the end they were just stick figures on the back of like receipts glued into a book it's all a blueprint though you know no one's going to see the storyboard really but a handful of people right unless you're Ridley Scott then everyone's going to see it because it'll come out in a special edition (laughs) book yeah Yeah. no that's not going to (laughs) happen but I wanted I wanted to be able to give because I think when you tell actors oh I'm shooting something on a smartphone they're like "Mm, yeah uh, I guess I love you (laughs) yeah I'm free but we're going to put that to the test Uh, yeah All right. you want me to do what yeah, okay. So I having the storyboards there is like, well, this is what I want this shot to look like and it's never going to end up looking like that, but this is what we're going for. So that helps. So in total, two months, but two days. Cool. Eight hours total right. of shooting. Wow. I'm curious if any of you saw 
Unsane, the Steven Soderbergh film shot on iPhone earlier, no, that was released earlier this not year. Not yet. It's, it's really cool. Um, he gets really creative with the camera, you know, sometimes squeezing it into tiny spaces and sometimes just shooting like a conventional film. Um, but it really shows that you can do it. You know, you, he, yeah. Matt Damon rocks up in that film, shot on an iPhone, mm-hmm. you know, um, and it, it doesn't look like a piece of crap. You know, it looks yeah. like a real movie. It, it has that lo-fi look, but you become accustomed to it. I think the the audience will accept a lot more than people expect. Oh, to- you got Tangerine you know? as well. Yeah, yeah. T- exactly. Um, Tangerine, we saw it together. Tangerine was great. Yeah. yeah. But I think also when you're looking at stuff like Soderbergh, you're looking at adaptive lenses and stuff that cost tens of that thousands is true. of dollars. But for a number of shots in there, I was, I'm pretty sure he was just using the raw no iPhone camera. Yeah, yeah. Probably never the microphone. No, never never <laughs> the microphone. Yeah. <laughs> um, Picking up on your point about actors, I'm very curious. Um, over the course of the weekend, we made some shorts and we also acted in some shorts. And thing, it's intimidating to be in on the front and be in front of the camera. Yeah. And I found when I was shooting stuff this weekend, I was in front of the camera. It was much less intimidatory for me to be shot on an iPhone or a smartphone as opposed to right. a yeah. massive camera. Well, Did you find working with the actors that there was a different dynamic working with the smartphones versus working with um, traditional equipment? Um... I only had professional actors on my set, so they're kind of like, they're not really nervous about real cameras, so I didn't really right. notice the difference. I had the same um, professional actors, but what I did notice was it was, because I wanted it to be, the performances to be super naturalistic, and I think there is this tendency towards the American style of acting, which is, while still truthful, Americans are much more forward than we are as Australians, so I wanted to kind of dragged that back and made it uh, what's the word I'm looking for subtle yeah more subtle but subtle's not the right word there's there's a quality to the way Australians communicate to each other when we're being vulnerable that's not so direct we joke about things instead of going oh mate I'm just really fucked hey so I just wanted to yeah really really tone that back whereas I think There really is that thing of like high stakes acting that we've got from the States where everything is played as this really intense moment and the subtext has got to come through. And I didn't want that. I wanted it to look like that from a distance. Those moments could be nothing. And so I found not having a camera in people's faces, they just relaxed more. And both of these women have been acting for 10, 20 years and... And are brilliant in their own right. But, yeah, just something about that just took the pressure off. Wow. Cool. That's incredible. So the festival, it is Monday night. It is at the Opera House. Um, the people who I've seen the festival grow since it started at Chevelle and now yep. got bigger each year and now this beautiful space to the people. I shot a um, the initial teaser for the initial no. SF3 smartphone oh, competition. Cool. Yeah, so just putting that yeah. out there. Yeah, <laughs> is that also on YouTube? God, maybe. Possibly. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. I, the people who are listening and who haven't been to SF3 before, um, who may be having looking for something to do on Monday night, and this is their field, this is what they do, what do you say to them? Definitely come to SF3. Even if you're not in film, 
Like short films are so relaxing because if you hate what you're seeing, just wait six minutes and something else is going to happen. Like, there's just, you know, there's, it's not like when you go to a movie and it's like, oh, this is going to be crap and it's just crap the whole time. I mean, yeah, that's out of 13 finalist films out of their hundreds of entries, you're going to find something you dig. I mean, when a short film is really, really, really bad, six minutes can feel like forever. But based on the standard, having seen these two films, I can say it's going to fly by. I d- did not feel like I was spending And some six of them are way minutes. shorter. Right. Yeah. Right. yeah. I saw a 15-second one. Um, wow. On the, or maybe... Yeah, because they didn't buffer properly. I don't know. They've, they've had some um, shortlisted screenings at the event cinemas and stuff. And um, yeah, some of those were like a minute, but brilliant. Yeah. Right. Well, awesome. Well, um, so, yeah, it's not scary. It'll be fun. And you get to go to the Opera House. And without pants. Maybe, with with or without pants. And, yeah, see a whole bunch of different approaches and different visions. Lauren, Ren, thank you so much for joining us. And we can't wait to see your films and have them shared on a big screen at the Opera House on Monday night. Yay, thank you so much. Thank you. And we have switched location. We're no longer in the 2SER studio. We're in Glenn's couch. Yeah, it's it's great here. We we had a big meal in the sukkah tonight. A lot of uh, different food and beverages, and yeah, we've we've partied very hard for a Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Wednesday night, Wednesday night. Yeah, this is Wednesday. Dude. Oh, oh, right. Yeah, but how could we have transported locations live while this is airing live? That's a good question. Um, that's one for <laughs> you're fooling time. no one, Glenn. <laughs> Damn it! What was I thinking? Yes, we. This is pre-recorded. How good was that interview? It was really fun. They're really great. Really yeah, um, it was cool to see, as I said during the interview, you know, two people with two very unique perspectives on filmmaking, and I think it really speaks to what's great about the SF3 festival, that these two different approaches are right at home with each other. I think a festival like this takes away the boundaries for people who are afraid to put their foot in the door of filmmaking. So that it will be happening, SF3 will be happening on Monday night at the Opera House. Um, bit of a giveaway we're doing. So another flick that's coming out in cinemas on October 4th is Harmony, which is the final work from Jessica Falcott of Home and Away fame, who tragically passed away uh, following a car crash uh, over the Boxing Day period. Now, um, Harmony chronicles the story of a super empath who is an orphan born with the power to absorb the fear of others. Uh, so we're giving away two double passes to that. It'll be in cinemas on October 4th. If you would like a double pass, just email your name, email, and address to cat at 2SCR. That's K-A-T at 2SCR.com. And yeah, hopefully see you. I'm keen to check that one out. It looks really interesting. We've also got Eamon Farron from... Chris's favourite, Twin Peaks. Mm. And one of my favourites a couple of years ago, Girl Asleep, a very underrated film straight out of Adelaide. So we only have a few minutes left. Uh, and in those few minutes, we want to talk about probably the most original studio picture this year, and that is Paul Fagg's A Simple Favour. This one's very interesting. Essentially what he's done is adapt a cheap airport th- uh, page-turner thriller-type story, but infuse it with his usual comedy-directing style. Um, sometimes the comedy that runs through this could have been taken right from one of his other films like Spy or Bridesmaids but at other times it's uh, a way that infuses the thriller tropes with a different sensibility where it seems like he's aware of how ridiculous some of the turns in this plot are and he allows the actors to have fun with it and to improvise and show their awareness of the kind of ludicrous trash (laughs) that this story is selling and it's really interesting and unusual to see a studio picture take these kinds of risks 
It's starring uh, the very underrated Blake Lively and Emma Kendrick and Henry Golding, who is now Crazy Rich Asians fame. This is one of the craziest drama mashups I've ever seen. It's a third comedy. It's a third mystery and a third thriller. It's also very gothic. It's gothic chic as I look at it. It is, and because of the mashup of genres, it is wildly unpredictable. And I'm going to give a shout out to uh, B. Jamin, who's a great critic in Melbourne, who I just caught up with over the weekend. And he pointed out to me, and it's a great analogy for this, um, Airplane, Flying High, was actually a remake of a serious film called Zero Hour, which takes a lot of this, which had a lot of the same dialogue, but simply treated the premise and idea as dramatic. And this is very much what Fig has done to, I think, largely great effect. A large, yeah, a serious story being in being interpreted through an absurd lens. And we also need to speak about how fantastic the acting was in this. Um, it's true to Paul Feig's usual style of allowing female actors to really show, you know, um, stretch themselves and build on the chemistry they have with each other. And they really do. Um, Anna Kendrick, I think, sometimes doesn't nail the more dramatic material in this, but is great at the comedy. Blake Lively is just a force of nature. Um, she's sort of like sexy, scary, funny, um, dark, sad. She really gets to do things that if were this less of a, a crazy genre mashup could easily have landed her an Oscar nomination. So Blake Lively, I think, could get an Oscar nomination out of this. I think this is the tipping point of people. I, she's always been an excellent actress, but this is the tipping point of people who realize this is someone who can really do incredibly diverse eclectic stuff. I go further on the matter of Anna Kendrick. She's a brilliant comedic actress. She could not handle a dramatic material, particularly the gothic material, which I think was a little disappointing, but surely she's made um, nonetheless a very good contribution to this film. Uh, so that is, we should definitely recommend you check it out. That is a simple favour. It is in cinemas now. Harmony uh, will be in cinemas on October 4th. That email for the two double passes is kat, K-A-T at 2ACR.com. Just send us your name, email and address. If you're around at SF3 over the weekend, please do come along. Monday night, at the Opera House. We will be there with our pants, we promise. And lastly, next week we'll be chatting with the director of What is Democracy, which is screening at the Antenna Documentary Film Festival and talking a little bit more about all things Antenna. Have a wonderful night. Enjoy cranking. Enjoy cranking. Oh dear. And enjoy movies. (laughs) Good night.